0: Baby Gear Unwrapped, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of baby gear so you can make informed choices for your little one. I'm your host, Rebecca Kimmenaugh. I'm a passionate baby gear expert and baby registry consultant. As a parent myself, I know firsthand the joy and challenges that come with preparing for a new arrival. The world of baby gear can be overwhelming with endless options and evolving trends. But fear not, because here on Baby Gear Unwrapped, I'm here to guide you through the maze of strollers, car seats, cribs, and all things baby gear. This show isn't just about products, though. It's about empowerment. It's about giving you the knowledge and confidence to select the gear that aligns with your family's unique needs, preferences, and values. We'll explore practical tips, expert interviews, and the latest innovations in the world of baby gear. So whether you're a first-time parent navigating this exciting new world, or a seasoned pro looking for the latest advancements, Baby Gear Unwrapped is here for you. Together, we'll make your parenting journey smoother, one gear choice at a time. So hit the subscribe button now and join me on this incredible adventure through the world of baby gear, because when it comes to your baby, only the best will do. Hello, everyone. Today, I have Adrian. Do you say your last name, Titus? I do. Okay. Adrienne Titus here. She's a CPST, um, and I'm so excited to talk all about car seats with her today. Uh, Adrian, do you want to tell our listeners just a little bit about you, how you became a CPST, and yeah, kind of your background?
1: All right, absolutely. So I'm so excited to be here. Um, I've done a few things over the last few months or so, uh, revolving car seats and getting the word out. Um, so my background, um, I'm in the OB world all over. So I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I'm located in Madison, Alabama, uh, so down in the south. Um, and then I've got two certifications in OB. Um, I teach parenting classes to expectant parents. I've done that for about four years. Um, and then i become a CPST because of the work that I do and all of the, the car seats that I see and babies. Um, and I noticed that it was just a, a huge need for education in our area. Um, there were so many parents who not only were just confused about what to get or Uh, what to do, but it was like deer in the headlights all the time when you were talking (laughs) about car seats, and so that's what really drove me to get my certification, and so that I could help all these new parents out, and help them feel a little bit better, especially when it comes to the safety of their children, so, but I also have children of my own, and so I wanted to make sure I was doing
0: everything right as well. Awesome, fantastic. Um, Do you still work like full-time as a nurse, or do you do like, do you work at the hospital being a CPST at all, or is that kind of a side thing you do?
1: Yeah, so I just started doing that recently. So I was doing CPST um, just, you know, privately, independently on my own uh-huh. while I was trying to get a core seat fitting station started up at the hospital that I work at. So uh, I work in labor and delivery part time. And then I do uh, car seats once a week. So it's like a by appointment type thing. And now I'm doing it for the hospital. So
0: that's a big undertaking getting a fitting station all set up. And I know the legalities and everything to do with that is a lot of work. So
1: yes so it took a while so it just opened up this summer so I'm so excited
0: oh my gosh that's so exciting <laughs> well congrats about all of that work and yeah that's that's really awesome I'm sure it's an amazing asset to the community I know um I've lived a bit of everywhere and when I live somewhere that didn't have a fitting station um like it can be really hard for parents to find somewhere to get their car seat checked so
1: that's yes, amazing absolutely
0: Do you guys have many other CPSTs in your community um, or are you like the only one who runs the fitting station
1: or so I'm the only one that runs it at my hospital we have one other fitting station um, at Huntsville hospital it's one of the larger um, hospitals in the area um, that there's a a co-worker of mine that um, we actually went through the CPST training she runs that one at Huntsville Um, but other than that a majority of it is further down south in Birmingham or lower so,
0: awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure your um, station is it, like meets a great need. So that's wonderful. Um, yes, absolutely. I'll just tell our listeners a little bit about my background as a CPST because I haven't spoken about it too much. Um, so I got um, a lot of my start in my career actually working as a midwife, and then I started working as a postpartum doula um and also moved overseas and so I've lived in three different countries and specifically when I lived in France um you know I'd been working in the U.S. before that with kids and I noticed such differences in their car seats and so I kind of started becoming a little nerdy about car seats and I'm like why does France have such different car seats compared to the U.S. and when I returned to the U.S. I um learned like what a CPST was. And I was uh, working as a postpartum doula at the time. And I was like, I'm going to get certified in this. Like, I'm so passionate about safety. Um, And so that was almost six years ago. Now I got certified as a CPST and went through the training and the course. And shortly after I got um, certified, I moved again. (laughs) and So I came to a whole new uh, like state and a new city and Um, I got connected with like a local hospital chapter that had really big outreach and fitting stations. And so I started helping them. And from there, just became more and more passionate about it. And um, I was very fortunate. I got to go to one of the biggest CPST conferences that happened this year in March um, here in Washington and Seattle called Lifesavers and it was amazing and it was definitely the first time I'd ever gotten to be around like so many car seat uh geeks
1: (laughs) so I had
0: lots of fun there and all of the speakers and presentations were just fascinating like seeing um you know we had someone from Toyota come and talk and talk about uh what their engineering department is doing on like the front of like designing cars to be more car seat friendly and, um, crash tests and all that. And just all of that stuff makes me really excited. So yeah, that's kind yes, of how I got my
1: start. I, I wanted to be right there with you at Lifesavers, but I had to work. <laughs> yeah. So I go. <laughs> well, I know I,
0: I don't think I ever would have been able to go if it wasn't in the same state I reside in. So I was very lucky that it was just like a four hour drive away, but, um, Yeah. I know. I also really want to go to Kids in Motion, which is another one of the large CPST conferences that happens in the U.S. Um, but this year it was in Oklahoma, so it was much further <laughs> from mm. me. So maybe in a future <laughs> year, um, absolutely. But yeah, maybe we'll see each other at a conference one year.
1: <laughs> that would be hopefully fun. So. so. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, that. we can dive right into demystifying car seats, as I've titled the episode. Um, I don't know if you want to jump in and kind of talk a little bit about the different stages of car seats and maybe common misconceptions parents have around like what a convertible car seat is or how long an infant car seat lasts and kind of those, you know, explaining it as if, um, you're talking to someone who's never seen or touched a car seat before.
1: Okay. Awesome. I could definitely do that. Uh, I tend to go off on tangents sometimes, so you (laughs) may need to reel me back in, but um so there's basically um when you're doing it in short three different types of car seats so you got like an infant car seat or infant only um we call those also rear facing seats but then there's a convertible seat the one that does rear facing and forward facing Um, and then you have um, your booster seats um now then there's kind of some in the middle that do like just forward facing and some just do you know, rear-facing and forward-facing, and then there's some that do all of the above, um, rear-facing, forward-facing, and then they turn into a booster seat as well. But um, essentially, it's rear-facing convertible that does both, excuse me, and uh, then you've got your booster seat. So a lot of the misconceptions that I see, at least in my area, um, is that people are under the understanding that you cannot use a convertible seat for for a newborn or for an infant, um, mm-hmm. and so while that may not be ideal for some people, but you absolutely can use that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that's something that surprises people a lot um, whenever I'm talking to them about it. So, um, but the infant seats, um, those are really good for. For people that are on the go, they're constantly taking their baby with them places where they don't have to take them in and out of the seat each time they get out of the vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. But there's some people that, you know, that might not be the life for them. And they're okay with taking their child out each time they stop the vehicle, they may not go a whole bunch of places. And so then that convertible seat might be the perfect seat for them because then they don't have to purchase an additional seat when their child outgrows that infant only rear facing seat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. Um as far as booster seats I think there's definitely some confusion a lot of times around when to move from a convertible seat to a booster seat and also when kids graduate from booster seats like what is you know the best practice way for a kid to no longer need a booster seat
1: yes so um, I always tell my, my parents that I'm working with when it's time for their child to move out of the booster seat is when they have outgrown um, the weight or the height limits of their uh, current forward-facing seat, um, and then when the child can have their back completely against the vehicle seat flat, when their knees can bend over that vehicle seat as well with their back still against <laughs> the vehicle seat, um, when the shoulder belt of the seat belt can fit them properly, um, and that's just going in between like their, their shoulder and their neck. Um, when the lap portion of that seatbelt fits across the baby's lap or the, not the baby, but the child's lap Mm -hmm. and not their stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, and then most importantly, are they mature enough to sit there and sit like they're supposed to and stay buckled up? Um, so that's kind of the criteria that I go over with them in regards to, uh, moving into a booster seat or moving out of a booster seat.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's great info. Thanks for sharing. Um, and I know there is, I think if parents are on social media, um, they may hear about the term like rear-facing or extended rear-facing and what it means, uh, but I did want to touch on why it has become such a thing on social media recently, you know, the evidence behind why the best practice is to keep your child rear-facing as long as possible or as long as, you know, they until they max out the limits of their rear-facing seat. Um, so I don't know if you want to share a little bit about, like, what you've seen or um, any of the research you learned in your course, and I
1: can also touch on that, too. Yeah, absolutely, so um, a lot of times it's the the research that I'm basing off of It is the course that I got my certification through. I have not done, you know, specific research on my own, um, and fortunately, you know, I don't get to see other side of it of children who have been in a car accident um i don't think my heart could take that side of it (laughs) um so i don't see you know the the effects of everything versus you know them were they forward-facing or rear-facing etc but um in my education and then just you know talking with other cpsts um they are much safer rear-facing just because of the logistics and how the seat works whenever they're in a car accident, um, the way that their body is growing and things are changing as they grow, um, especially as little infants, you know, their their bodies are pretty disproportionate and their heads are a lot larger, um, a lot heavier. And so for them, um, being rear-facing allows their bodies to ride down that crash as opposed to being projected forward in that car accident. And those heavy, large heads are going straight forward and then we're causing, you know, neck injuries or spinal column injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're facing is kind of holding them in that seat and cradling them uh, to where they are riding the crash as opposed to going against the crash. Um, because you have the force of the the crash itself against the vehicle, but then you also have like an internal crash where the organs inside the body are also moving um, and causing damage. So you want them to be rear facing as long as possible so that they are allowed to ride that crash down as long as possible. Um, And then you can transition them to the the forward facing. And so many people are keeping their their children rear facing for much longer um, than people have done in the past. And so Mm -hmm. it's recommended to keep them at least um, until two years old, which is our recommendation. I know different states have different laws And sometimes I refer to the state laws as like your, um, just your basic insurance, your liability insurance, (laughs) and then the recommendations are your full coverage insurance. So uh, you want to go take it a step above and go with the recommendations that are safest. Um, But it is recommended for two or older. Um, And then there are people that are keeping them there until, you know, the day that they outgrow that seed is regards to their weight or their height. And I think that's great.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's such a great explanation. I, I love that analogy because I think it's so true, you know, in, um, the CPST community, a lot of times will talk about good, better, best. So if you guys, if our listeners hear us use that term, you know, we kind of talk about what's good practice for car seats, what's better. And then what's the best practice for car seats. And, um, rear facing is definitely one of those things a lot with the research that has shown that rear facing is significantly safer and prevents injuries for, especially the little bodies and the little spines, um, it, a lot of states are starting to move towards uh, putting laws in place to make sure that everyone is getting that like minimum coverage or that um, good good practice of two years old. Uh, but if you have the ability and you have a car and a car seat that fits your child and lets them stay in longer past their t- two year old birthday um, and lets them stay rear facing longer, that is definitely ideal, especially when from a safety standpoint. So. Um, I guess this is a great time to bring up (laughs) reading your car seat manual. If you ever talk to a CPST, we will (laughs) guaranteedly mention where's your manual? What does your manual say? Have you read your manual? We recommend reading your manual um, because that is a super important part. So many car seats have so many um, different recommendations or rules that come with that specific seat and they change between them um, and they can even change between the model year or the year they were made and so that's where it's really important to have the manual for your car seat and just reference it when you have a question um, like how how much can my child weigh when I'm installing this car seat with the latch system because um, most car seats uh, there I think latch is 65 pounds weight limit, yes. um, the anchors in your car are only tested to hold up to 65 pounds. And so that is the weight of the car seat and the child combined. Um, so that's where the car seat will have, um, it's somewhere in the manual saying after your child reaches 40 pounds, no longer use the latch system to install and make sure you're installing with a seatbelt. Um, and that's just one of those things that's going to vary car seat to car seat because every car seat weighs a different amount. Um, is there anything you want to add about latch systems?
1: Yes, I was actually laughing because when you were talking about bringing up the manual, I was just thinking if I had a penny for every time I said, <laughs> you know, have you read your manual or where's your manual? I'm like, I almost could be rich just off the of pennies. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we, re- we refer to that manual a lot. Um, but the, the reason for that is because like you said, like all car seats are different. They all have their own little... Um, recommendations as to how they would prefer certain things. And um, even though they all perform the same job in the end, they're all done just a little bit differently from each other. So yes, that that manual is very, very important to refer to. Um, but I think you pretty much hit everything on latch. Um, a lot of times, and I don't know how you do it when you're um, talking to your parents that you're helping, but um, if they seem like they're getting real confused off of everything I just go ahead and um talk to them about installing with just the seat belt because Mm -hmm. you know switching over like okay when your child is this weight now you not have to uninstall the latch or the lower anchors and then install it with the seat belt and sometimes it just gets too confusing. And so um as long as we can get a tight and great install, I just go ahead and recommend using the seat belt um over the lower anchors. So
0: yeah, that definitely simplifies things because then you're not worrying about, oh, how do I remember when my child weighs 40 pounds to switch the installation yes. method? <laughs> um, it definitely simplifies things. And I think the more and more um, like newer car seats that I see coming out, they really are trying to make seatbelt installations as easy and simple for parents as possible, which I think is great mm-hmm. because it's, it's one less thing to worry about. Um, yes, absolutely one component of latch that I did not mention. So latch stands for lower anchors and tethers for children. So tethers are a really important part. um, And it, again, can be really confusing because tethers are usually almost always only used when the car seat is forward facing. There are a few exceptions, but I'm gonna make that generalization to make things simpler. (laughs) Um, And so the tether is the part on the top of the car seat that usually goes over the top of the vehicle seat. and kind of anchors into something if you're like in more of an suv style it'll usually anchor into something in the trunk or behind that seat and then if you're in a sedan style it'll usually be something just up under the headrest um, in the top of the sedan but it's an anchor point to help reduce um you know forward motion of the head when in the event you're in a crash Um, forward motion of your child's head. And so it's making sure that the top of that car seat is also nice and snug against the vehicle seat as much as possible. Um, And it's a really important component that, again, can get easily missed um, because it is, uh, if you're installing your forward-facing car seat with a seat belt, um, there's just this little tether piece hanging off the top of the car seat and you may have no idea or may think that's part of the latch system for installing rear facing and completely ignore it um, but it is a super super important part of installing your car seat forward facing because um, it can greatly you know influence uh how your car seat performs in a crash um, And a lot of car seats nowadays do require you to use the top tether, not all of them, but most of them do. And so that can just be something important when you're examining which seating position to put your child in in your car, um, as not all seats in vehicles do have a tether anchor. Uh, Quite a few of them do. I would almost say the majority of them do, especially in newer vehicles. Um, but not all of them do. So that is something that you might want to look into if you're moving car seats around or playing Tetris. Uh, That tether anchor for a forward-facing child is really important.
1: And the other thing that I've found people do too is, um, although they're doing great by trying to make sure that the tether's installed, but they use the wrong anchor hooks. So you've got cargo (laughs) hooks in your vehicle, um, and then you have tether anchor hooks in your vehicle. So uh, making sure that you are using the one that was designed for the car seat is important as well.
0: Yes, that's definitely true. Um, the car seat anchors <laughs> are obviously designed and tested to withstand crashes and hold certain weight and cargo hooks definitely could not be tested at all. And so um, making sure most, uh, most cars have pretty good symbolism, having little... Um, like illustrations where the latch system is in the bite of your seat, your vehicle seat, and then also where the tether anchor is like up behind the headrest or in the trunk. Um, There's often little... little illustrations that can make identifying the system easier for you. And at the end of the day, you can always consult your vehicle manual because that should (laughs) tell you exactly where the anchors are. Um, So yet another manual (laughs) that we CPSTs (laughs) love.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. Um,
0: Well, anything else to add about that subject?
1: I don't think so. I do hear a lot of people. I mean, this is nothing important, but something funny. A lot of people when I point out to the little illustrations in their vehicle, like these are just tell trying to tell you that your lower anchor hooks are here or your tether hook is here. They're like, oh, that's what that means. So <laughs> yeah. yes, I always find it funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, most people go, you know, their whole adult lives until they need to install a car seat, like maybe noticing those but never having a need for them. So it is kind of fun when you especially like when I do car seat um like education with like a couple prenatally that's always a really mm-hmm. really fun thing to kind of blow their mind in all the ways that car Yay. seats can connect with vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> um awesome. I think we will just move on to discussing choosing the right car seat. So there's definitely some factors Um, That CPSTs in general will say like making sure your car seat fits your vehicle and fits your child. Um, But yeah, when you're, if I were to approach you as a new parent and say like, hey, I need to look for a car seat, what things should I be considering? What, what are the different factors you'd bring up?
1: So I would most certainly answer your question, but I would like to preface this with <laughs> most of the time I get asked, what's the best car seat? Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is probably
0: the number one question I get asked in general,
1: right? <laughs> yes. So I can tell you're a CPST just in how you ask the question. <laughs> so um, when someone comes to me asking for recommendations on the car seat, um kind of like that question like what's the best car seat there is not one specific answer usually it's Mm -hmm. it's always has to do with what type of vehicle do you have um on top of that is what passengers do you have riding in your vehicle along with the child um do you have multiple car seats um what's your lifestyle like you know are you fit and thin and can reach over and, uh, slam like a a infant carrier in the middle of the, of the SUV, or are you going to have to climb in the vehicle every time to get them in that center position? So there's lots of different factors that come into play. And so basically I interview them, I'm asking them, you know, all those questions, I'm having them answer me. Um, and then I kind of narrow down my answer to, to a few choices that they might want to consider, but, um, I have never said this is the seat that you need, you know, because mm-hmm. it might not fit exactly in that vehicle. So I'll give a few, like a handful of recommendations based off of mm-hmm. what they, what they tell me their lifestyle is like and their vehicles, et cetera. And then we'll go from there, try to break it down at which one would work best for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and I think it would surprise a lot of people. So, you know, when they come to someone, to a CPST, saying, what's the best car seat? You know, often my first question in return will be, well, what vehicles do you have? Because a lot of people think car seats are universal and every car seat will fit in every vehicle. And that's just not true, Um, though the majority will fit. And we often will help, like, make sure adjustments and make sure that that They can fit. Um, there are certain vehicles that might, you know, have a really narrow back seat. That's really you really want a nice compact car seat, um, especially if you have a really tall person driving, or if the car seat's going to be behind the passenger, um, and you're sitting in the passenger seat all the time. You don't want to be crammed with your knees up next to you. Not only is that not comfortable, <laughs> but that's not safe for you um so those are the little factors that i think when people are asking like what's the best car seat that we dig into further um and i think there's also other uh types of like lifestyles and family needs like if you are coming and asking the best car seat and you're expecting your first child you know often my question may be well do you plan to have any future kids um because and especially if you have like a really smaller compact car that's going to influence the recommendations i make Um, because if car seats can get really challenging, especially when a parent, um, is expecting their third child or has their third child really doesn't want to, or doesn't have the budget to change their vehicle, then sometimes we have to get really unique with the car seat recommendations, (laughs) trying to make three car seats fit across, um, in one row. And so all of those factors play into usually when we make, you know, a recommendation for a family. I think something else, if I'm talking to a family that has, um, is expecting or, you know, will be having an infant um, and they are planning on getting an infant seat or a bucket seat, um, I will often talk to them, well, like, what is your lifestyle like? not just, um, you know, are you active or that type of thing, but like, do you live in an apartment building? Does your apartment building have elevators? Because if you're carrying one of those infant seats up three flights of stairs every single day, you will curse me (laughs) by (laughs) the end of that experience. Um, Something else, you know, a lot of parents nowadays are all about um, car seat stroller systems like the DUNA um and i uh have my mixed feelings about the duna um but <laughs> one time that i do find it really helpful is if a parent has older children that they will be like walking in daily like to preschool drop off because then um you know that they're not dragging an infant seat with them they can easily wheel it in and out of preschool drop off every morning and every afternoon you know five days a week those are the types of ex- um you know experiences where parents having one certain type of car seat may make their life significantly easier and that's honestly part of um you know the thing I enjoy most about my job is when I am getting to like help problem solve for those parents even before the problem arises and kind of give them information that may help them in the long run that that definitely is really satisfying to be able to do.
1: Yes absolutely and I get that joy with being a CPST and then also in the expectant parenting classes that I teach, because I can oh, yeah. bring up those types of, of issues and things that they have no clue, you know, would potentially arise. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's great being able to help them before the issue even becomes an issue.
0: Yeah, definitely. That is, that is a great, great thing in this line of work, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, So as we have both said, there is no such thing as a best car seat, but I think a a topic on most parents' mind is safety. Um, So if you want to touch on what car seat safety testing is and what it isn't, um, and, you know, if you talk to any CPST, we'll tell you there's no such thing as the safest car seat on the market. And so kind of what do we mean by that when we say that?
1: Mm -hmm. So when you're purchasing a car seat, um, all of the ones that are on the market that are being sold by these you know, big box stores, or um, if you buy it from the car seat manufacturer directly, they have to go through um, federal safety standards, uh, different testing. Um, so if it doesn't pass those safety standards, that car seat cannot go on the market. Um, so every car seat out there has passed these safety standards. Um, But then you have um, some car seats or car seat manufacturers that kind of go above and beyond and add little Mm -hmm. extra things to their seats as well to help increase the safety. Um, But it's not necessarily that, you know, the cheaper seat isn't safe um, because like we said, it still has to pass those same safety standards. So Mm -hmm. there's a few things out there like the anti-rebound bar, um, load leg, um, and then just different um, material that they're making them out of, um, like side impact, um, like paddings and things like that, that can help increase the safety of it. Um, But they all pass that bare minimum, like I said earlier, um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to being safe and keeping your child safe in a car accident.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I like to tell parents that I think the best thing you can do when you are looking into the safety of your car seat is making sure that your car seat is installed correctly. Um, Because I cannot even tell you the amount of times I've had a parent come and I've helped them, you know, install their car seat or help check their car seat and Uh, They have, you know, one of the most expensive car seats on the market. It may cost $500 or more, um, but they come to the station and it's installed incorrectly in a way that could very well have compromised the safety of that car seat in a crash. Um, and you know, that is definitely one of my passions is if, even if you have, you know, the cheapest car seats sold on the market, um, obviously sold by like a reputable place but even if you have the cheapest car seat that passes the safety standard um if you are going through the steps to make sure that's installed correctly you are going above and beyond ensuring your child's safety um compared to all all of the different stories out there so um as much as budget and factors come into play when you're making those decisions and there are some safety or there are some features that aren't necessarily related to safety but are related to installation um, that also can kind of in the long run affect safety such as ease of installation that's definitely one thing i talk about a lot with parents that i think uh, they may not consider when choosing a car seat is if your car seat is easy to install correctly every time whether you're doing it or a grandparent or a nanny or a friend um that's going a long way ensuring the safety of your child when they ride in a car because you're knowing that you know it most likely is getting installed correctly compared to like a really fancy really expensive car seat but if it's super complex to install and you know grandma and Grandpa are most likely not installing it correctly like (laughs) that that's of no use to you um so
1: yeah 100% agree with that I've told that a lot of times in my parenting class Um, They'll ask about this, that, or the other. And I'm like, the more complex you're getting, the more likely you are to leave out a step just because you're in a hurry or because you have forgotten. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, a lot of times simple is better.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, if you had someone ask you like, okay, I'm starting research on choosing like a new convertible car seat for my child, where do I go? What sources do I look to? Uh, what what would you respond to that?
1: Well, I would try to help them personally before sending them off to another resource. But if they're doing that, like research type stuff, the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, NHTSA is what we call National Highway Traffic uh, Safety Administration. Um, they have all of your recommendations and all your safety standards mm-hmm. on there. Um, and then it's really just narrowing it down. So after we've talked about, you know, the seats that would probably work best for you because of your vehicle or your lifestyle, then we can look into those seats individually and start, mm-hmm. you know, breaking those down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I, it was kind of a true question. But
1: um,
0: <laughs> I think that a lot of times parents come and ask, um, you know, or our listeners who we may not get to speak to personally, may be wondering, okay, we're starting car seat research, where do we start? Um, and, you know, if you start googling safe car seats, you're going to get into a really confusing and crazy <laughs> downward spiral, because there's so many um websites out there and not all of the terms are like regulated so someone can easily say they have the safest car seat or the best safety features on their car seat and there's no regulation or anything um standardized to back that up um and then you could also ask your best friend okay well you have five kids what's the best car seat and she could recommend a car seat that doesn't fit your needs doesn't fit your vehicle um So those are all kind of things when people are starting their research, going to reputable websites like NHTSA um, or safekids.org are both great places to kind of start. Um, But honestly, I would say find a CPST, whether it's someone you work with virtually, whether you go on, there's a couple of Facebook groups such as Car Seats for Littles um, that are free to join and you can ask questions and CPSTs help reply um, and make sure that you're getting the best information possible. So making sure that you're consulting with um, someone who has, you know, a bit of background in car seats, I think can be really, really helpful um, to make That's sure you're really. not getting overwhelmed with information. Um, some of it, which may not always be correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google is a um, a dark, mysterious place. <laughs> yeah, for all CPST. types of parenting questions, yes. right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, medical, if you're looking anything up, it's automatically (laughs) going to tell you you're dying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's a very dangerous, dangerous place to go
1: sometimes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Awesome. Um, Well, I will just jump into some of my top car seat recommendations for various budgets. I have a list here and then I'll have Adrienne add in her recommendations as well. If there's anything like not on my list or something else she prefers. Um, but I will start with infant seats. So there's a couple infant seats that are tried and true. You know, I've installed thousands of seats, all of the different ones that I've seen either um really easy to install and parents are installing them correctly, or there's other features that um make them really great. So when we're talking about like a standard infant seat in like a budget category, I really like the Graco snug ride snug lock um it doesn't have a lot of like extra features on the actual infant car seat or the shell itself um but when you're installing the base it has the snug lock feature which if you see the snug lock feature um written in the name of any of Graco's products i find that most of the time they are on the easier side to install um because that snug lock feature allows you to basically insert the um car vehicle seat belt and then kind of lock it down and get it nice and snug without having to mess around with it too much. Um, So I really love the Graco Snug Ride Snug Lock for just a pretty simple standard infant car seat. Um, I also really love the Kiko Fit 2 and the Kiko KeyFit 35. Um, I think the Fit 2, I really like it. Uh, so the Fit 2 and the KeyFit 35 look very similar and it can be very confusing. The Fit 2 (laughs) has kind of an extra, um, feature where it allows more room to keep your child in the car seat longer. It also has a little bit of a higher height limit, Um, and I think it's really great for city parents or parents who travel a lot, um, because I have fit a two and a half year old in that, um, car seat and it, um, you know, they fit safely within the height and the weight limits and within the install. Um, and that can make, uh, traveling with the car seat, um, really easy. Um, and I think in general, the Kiko key fit base is one of the easiest to install on the market using the latch system. So um, if you're installing in a vehicle seat that has lack available, uh, the key fit does make that installation quite simple to do and making sure you're getting it nice and snug every time. Um, another one of the ones I love is the CLEC Lean. Um, so CLEC is a Canadian-based company and um, you probably, if you talk to CSTs, they may mention it. A lot of CPSTs really love um, CLEC. They kind of really when we talk about like the minimum safety standards, they really strive to go above and beyond as much as possible. And so the Kleckling I really like because it has something called rigid latch, um, which basically is like the latch anchors that we've referred to before on the car seat, but um, essentially on the end of like steel bars almost. And so you just essentially push it into the vehicle seat if you're installing with latch. Um, and it clicks right on and you're almost done installing like you do have to adjust Mm -hmm. the angle possibly but um, it's a really quick and easy installation really nice and snug um, and really hard to mess up in general
1: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Um,
0: and then the Nuna Pippa um, is talked about all over the internet I would say it's probably one of the most common infant car seats I see nowadays Um, it nuna um like cleck don't use well i guess some of Kleck's fabrics do use flame retardants possibly or do all of theirs not
1: um i'm not sure i haven't okay. that i know
0: some of cleck's um fabrics don't have any flame retardants. I'm not sure if all of them don't. Um, But Nuna does not use flame retardants in any of their products, including their strollers, their car seats, and all of that. And so that's um, a feature that some parents are looking for. And it's kind of nice to know that if you see the name Nuna on it, they don't use um, the flame retardants in the fabric. Um, And the PIPA also has some extra features that a lot of parents love, um, such as what they call the sky drape, uh, which kind of allows some airflow, but also comes down and covers, makes the interior of the car seat a little darker. So a lot of parents like that for when they're out and about with the car seat. Um, and they also, the Nuna Pippa car seat is one of the lighter car seats on the market, which can be nice when you're lugging around like a heavier infant (laughs) as well as the car seat itself. Um, and they, I will say they are pretty beautiful car seats. I really, I can appreciate the look of them at the end of the day, though. That should not be the deciding factor when you're choosing a car seat, (laughs) the look of it, but they are beautiful car seats.
1: (laughs) Yes. I agree. That was actually at the top of my list for the high end. Who's the new? Yes. data. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Um, are there any car seats that you'd love to add in there?
1: Um. Yeah, I think you pretty much mentioned all of my favorites. I don't get to work a whole lot with Click down here. I'm not quite sure what you know the reasoning behind that, but I just don't see a whole lot of them, a whole lot of them here. Um, but I do like the uh, Britax Be Safe because it's a little bit mm. of a slimmer. Infant seat. Yeah. Um, and so I'll recommend that one a lot when I'm dealing with issues, maybe with like a three across or maybe just little slim cars also. Um, so I recommend that one as far as slim goes in an infant seat. And then um up a baby, um, the Mesa, I think that's really easy to install. It's one of the higher end ones as well, but mm-hmm. um, I put that one in my um my nuda together. So Yeah, yeah, both of them are definitely (laughs) in a similar category of beautiful
0: and high-end, and they like to add as many of the features on there as they can, (laughs) so, yeah, awesome. Um, Well, then we can dive into convertible car seats, which I will say this is one of the most overwhelming categories, I think. A lot of parents I know end up choosing an infant car seat based on like a recommendation or the stroller they chose or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then their child outgrows the infant car seat often around like six to eight months. And suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, convertible car seats are way more overwhelming than I thought. And wait, I have to buy two of them <laughs> if I have two vehicles. Um, so most infant car seats you can buy an extra base for and um, you you know put an extra base in If you have a second or a third or multiple vehicles, um, which is definitely convenient and can be budget friendly, uh, but convertibles, um, currently none of them on the market offer bases. And so that means that if you want a vehicle or a car seat to stay in your car and be installed and ready for your child, that you need um, a seat, a car seat for each of your vehicles. And that can get a little overwhelming when you're looking at Mm -hmm. price tags of three or four or $500 each. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are definitely a lot of great ones out there, and I think a lot of them serve um, purposes or just kind of fit really specific niches. Um, so I do see the Greco extend to fit quite a bit. Um, it's been on the market for a long time. I feel like it's kind of getting to be like an older seat now, just in that it was invented a while ago. It kind of came out on the market a while ago, and it's still a tried and true like really trusted seat. Um, I would say the installation is pretty easy, not the easiest, but definitely mm-hmm. not the hardest. Um, I mm-hmm. recommend it most often when we're having a situation with a very tight, um, tight back seat or narrow back seat where they're needing a very compact car seat. Um, that goes rear facing, um, and I have found it to—it's one of the only ones. When I was fitting, like this very teeny tiny convertible car, it was the only car seat that we tried that would fit in the back of that um, vehicle. So. Uh, it kind of serves a lot of purposes. It is called the extend to fit. Um, cause it has this optional lower panel that comes out and gives your child more leg room when they're rear facing. Um, and I, I think it was, you know, one of the earlier car seats to offer rear facing to 50 pounds. So it is a car seat that goes on sale a lot. It's pretty easy to find. You can almost always find it at like Target, sometimes at Walmart. Like it's very easy to find if you're in a pinch and need a car seat really quickly, um, and it's also a very budget-friendly one.
1: Yes, I agree that the fifty-pound um, upper limit on that is one of my one of the reasons why I recommend it um, mm-hmm. most often. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple other Greco convertibles that are good, but they may not have that fifty-pounder facing. So it is nice that That's it's right. on the more budget-friendly side and kind of mm-hmm. makes that easy. Um, The Graco Slim Fit 3 LX 3-in-1 is like the most mouthful of a name to say (laughs) (laughs) every time I start saying that one and you have to say all of it because there's now three different or four different versions of the Graco Slim Fit. So you cannot just say the Graco Slim Fit because someone will Google that and then they'll purchase the wrong car seat. So the Graco Slim Fit 3, LX, three-in-one car seat, is (laughs) um, my number one choice for narrow situations. um, If you're having to do three across or for any other reason, you need a really narrow, slim car seat. Um, I really love the Graco, Graco slim fit three um Mm -hmm. and i've found it to be pretty easy to install fits in a lot of situations it's i believe 16.7 inches wide um and i think it's currently the slimmest part on the market i don't think there's any i think there's a couple that are like 16.8 inches or something like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I it will actually, if you have it on like a stroller cart, it will roll down the aisle of most airplanes. Um, so that's just a fun little fact. When I travel with my toddler, I love that feature because um, most car seats, you if you're bringing it onto the airplane, you have to carry it um, above the seats to get it all the way to your seat, which can be quite quite the task. <laughs> um, and yeah, it I've found it to fit you know, babies, toddlers, and older kids pretty well in all of the different stages. um So I think mm-hmm. it's pretty much a winner overall when it comes to like do-it-all car seats.
1: Yes, I really like that one too. The other one that I like, uh, it's a little bit more expensive than the Great Coat, but the. Uh... Oh gosh, the Kiko one fit, um, just because I like how many like different recline angles it has, Mm -hmm. because that's another complaint that a lot of parents have is that their child is like constantly whining or crying or want to get out of their seat and, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's going to have extra cushion for them and make them comfortable, but then also multiple recline positions, because that also might help with just keeping them comfortable and keeping them calm. Yeah
0: definitely yeah i was literally i think yesterday talking to a parent about the kiko 1 fit um because it is one of the cheapest car seats on the market that offers um, flame retardant free fabric so if you get the 1 fit clear text version um it's flame retardant free and so yeah i love that they offer that um, in like a lower budget Category because mm-hmm. a lot of the other car seats that offer that feature are four or five hundred dollars, um, and yes. the one fit at least currently at the time of this recording is about three hundred, and you can often get coupons for it to get it closer to like two fifty. So um, definitely makes it a more in the more affordable range for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Um, Well, one of the car seats that took me by surprise, but is currently like at the very top of my list of favorite convertible car seats, is the Evenflow Revolve 360. Um, So I will preface it by saying I as I mentioned, I lived in Europe before, um, even before becoming a CPST, I worked with a lot of kids in car seats over in Europe. And almost all of the younger toddlers had these rotating seats. And I was like, why have these not come out in America? Because when you're putting a squirmy two-year-old into their convertible car seat, it was just significantly easier to not only get them in, but ensure that they were like buckled correctly every time when they were facing me. Um, So if I haven't explained before, a rotating car seat often means that it rotates from either a rear-facing or a forward-facing position to face um, kind of out towards the parent or ca- caregiver um, and just kind of allows you to buckle the child in easier and get them in easier. It, it's really great feature if, um, you know, you're working with someone who has mobility issues or someone who's not able to bend over and kind of get the child in the classic rear-facing seat position. Um, but I, I knew I would love the revolving feature on the even flow seat. I think it's really surprised me how easy the installation is. The first time I installed one of them after they came out, I was like, wow, not only did that get installed <laughs> and really snug really quickly, but... Um, but yeah, it was just, it was so much easier than I thought it would be. So I really, um, the more I install them, the more I work with them and help parents fit their mm-hmm. kids in them. I just, I really love that car seat.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's one of the ones that I'm, I'm working to, working to love. Cause I like <laughs> you, you know, kind of had mixed, mixed feelings about the revolving seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the more I work with them, the more I am growing to love them. So I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are other rotating seats on the market, uh, but none of them have made my like top picks list, like the Evenflo Revolve 360. I will say the Revolve 360, one of the downsides of it was the original version only rear faces to 40 pounds. Um, and I do love that 50-pound rear-facing feature um, to keep kids rear-facing as long as possible. But now, mm-hmm. just recently in the last few months, Evenflo has um, released two new versions, the Revolve Slim, um, which is narrow. I believe it's sixteen point something inches, like sixteen point nine inches wide, um, which is definitely on one of the most narrow seats on the market. Um, and they've also uh, released an extend version. Both of those actually go to fifty pounds rear facing, so that is a great feature for parents that want the rotating feature and also the extended rear facing or fifty pound
1: weight limit. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, are there any other seats you want to add?
1: Um, I mean there's so many and it really just (laughs) depends so
0: many Yeah
1: so many it really just depends on the situation because you know what I really like for one person I really don't like for another so (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: um
0: I'll just mention the last two on my list so the Nuna Rava is um Again, it's Nuna, so it's flame retardant free. Um, if you see the name Ro- Nuna, it's probably going to be more ex- on the more expensive side. Kind of a lot of people call it like a premium luxury car seat. Um, again, they like to make really beautiful fabrics, really cohesive looks. Um, the Nuna Raba, if you're looking for a car seat that has similar features to me to the extent of it, um, both of them I found fit pretty well in tighter spaces. Uh, I think they extend to fit when sometimes like when I was referring to like the convertible with extremely tight spaces but in general the Nuna Rava, in my experience will fit rear facing even in more compact cars um and it has a pretty really nice and simple installation with the vehicle seat belt um it has you know I don't I don't have on here like the Brit, Britex clip click tight seats but i do love a lot of those britex click tight seats cuz they were some of the first ones to kind of come out with um the i don't know the technology of pushing down on um mm-hmm. what we often in the car seat world call like a door or just a mechanism when you push down on the bottom of the seat if the seat belt is threaded through the car seat it'll just kind of snap into place and lock it um, so that you get a really secure installation every time. Um, and the Nuna Rava does have that feature, just like the Britex tight seats do, too. Um, mm-hmm. So that is That's a super super
1: Very awesome. nice, easy install. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have, um, you know, had a parent bring in one of the more difficult to install car seats, and... Um, then I recommended the tight to them and they came back a few days later, had bought the tight. And when I like coached them through installing it, I was like, you've got this, you can do it. I don't even need to show you. And they installed it and they were like, Just before, like I was messing around with this other car seat for days and couldn't get it installed. And now this one installs in two seconds. So <laughs> that mm-hmm. is, that is definitely when, when we're talking about features that, you know, make using a car seat correctly every time easier. Um, that's one of those that definitely stands out.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, and then the Kleck Foomph. So the I have um multiple Kleck Fooms. I love Kleck car seats. Um but I will say they do not uh get my choice for ease of installation. <laughs> they are on the more <laughs> difficult side to install when it comes to car seats. Um, they are very sleek. They have like a very modern look. I feel like, um, because I often put the Kleck Fump and the Nuna Rava in similar categories. They cost similar prices. Um, you know, they have flame retardant free fabrics. Um, but the Nuna Rava is pretty quick and easy to install, has a more like plush look to it. And the Mm Kleck Fump has like a very modern, a lot of people call them like spaceship look to it. So... Again, looks should not be the deciding factor of your car seat, <laughs> but if you're comparing the two, that's how to tell them apart.
1: <laughs> yes, if you want your vehicle to be very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The Boom is um, not super easy to install, but when you install it, it is extremely solid. Um, a lot of people call them like the tank of car seats. They are mm-hmm. hefty and heavy. Um but when they're installed, they are, they're like a tank. (laughs) Yeah. I feel, um, very trusted putting my daughter in that car seat. Like, wow. Yeah, it is. She's literally riding in a tank. So I love that feature of it. Um, yeah, uh, I'll jump into forward facing only car seats. So I don't know if we mentioned at all, but convertible car seats are often called convertible car seats because they both face rear facing and forward facing. Um, -hmm. and so, some people, depending, you know, on your growth of your child, what vehicle and car seats you have, will move from a convertible car seat into a forward-facing car seat, and then some people will just skip, um, you know, the the forward-facing category and go straight to a booster. Again, depending on the readiness for the child and how the the, the seats are fitting into your vehicle. Um, but if we're choosing a car seat that can only forward face, I only have one car seat on my list because it's my go-to again and again. But the Kiko MyFit. Um, yes, <laughs> is the one I recommend the most for forward, forward-facing only car seat. It does also convert into what we call a high-back booster after, um, after you're done using it as a harnessed seat, um, which is really nice that it has those two features. Are there any mm-hmm. others on your list or...?
1: So I I go with three. I have a you know higher end expense, more expensive, and then I have a mid, which is the the Kiko MyFit, uh-huh. and then I have a, a more affordable option, the the Greco uh, transitions. Okay, so yeah. the the Protects Grow with You is the one that I recommend. Yes, you know, yeah. If someone has a lot of money to play with, and then the the Kiko, and then the Greco. So yeah, those are the only three that are on my list. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, and the Kiko MyFit is one of the slimmer options available for forward-facing only seats. So if you're again, if you're working with puzzling car seats next to each other or a three across situation, often the Kiko MyFit will be something I mention when we're puzzling those seats out. Um, And as far as booster seats, we haven't really explained, but there are kind of two different types of boosters. So high back boosters, which usually you know have a back portion that come all the way up and a headrest. And um, most of them have a slot where the shoulder belt threads through to make sure that the shoulder belt is hitting the child correctly, like across their collarbone and not riding up into their neck and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then no back boosters are kind of what I think most parents think of when they think of a booster seat of just like a little piece of cushion or whatever beneath you um, Mm -hmm. that help boost you help boost the child up to make sure that the vehicle seatbelt is hitting them correctly so in that category for both high back and no back boosters do you have any favorites or ones you've worked with
1: I don't have any favorites um and that's mainly because I don't deal with a whole lot of them um, yeah I a, lot, a of lot, people lot of infants <laughs> yes yes A lot of people are getting, that come see me anyway, get the um, like three-in-one or all-in-one seats and use that portion of the booster. So as a just booster, I don't get to play with many of those.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say I see boosters a lot less often than I see everything else, simply because Mm -hmm. by the time your child's reached a booster, not only are booster seats cheaper to purchase most of the time, um, so you're not... Uh, like if you're looking for a car seat, you're not like shelling out $500. Um, And I think parents feel a little less intimidating making that choice. Um, But also you're getting to the end of your child's like car seat days. And so I think parents (laughs) are a little less intimidated. They've been doing this for a while. They know what's Mm -hmm. fitting their vehicle and their child a little better. Um, My two of the ones I have worked with and really liked, I won't really say favorites, because again, I don't feel like I've like, fitted enough children in booster seats to really have favorites, but I really like mm-hmm. the Diono Monterey. Um, it actually folds up really small. So it's a great option if you are going to be traveling with it. Um, and the Cybex Solutions bfix So when parents are looking for a booster seat for a child and they know they road trip a lot or their child like falls asleep in the vehicle all the time, and they're looking to make sure their child stays in the right position, the Cybex Solutions B-Fix has an adjustable headrest that can actually um, help like support the child's head um, when they're sleeping and making sure they're staying like in the correct upright position. So I really like that car seat. It's very plush and again, kind of fun and (laughs) fancy. um, And it is on the more expensive side for booster seats, um, but it is a really nice one. So yeah. I think we hit
1: all the categories. Anything we missed or you want to add in? I do want to add, going back to rear-facing, and I know we've been talking about, you know, 40 pounds and 50 pounds, and um, a lot of questions that I get is regards to the child's feet or their legs Mm, pushing up against the back of the vehicle seat. And so that is something I definitely want to touch on. Um, There's no... um, like evidence, I guess you could say um, that riding rear facing and having the feet and the legs um, up against the vehicle seat like that is causing any harm in regards to a a car crash. Um, But it it has been proven that they're much safer rear facing in regards to their head and their neck and their Mm -hmm. spine. Um, And so what I typically tell people is to have their children do like crisscross applesauce, you know, and they Mm -hmm. can usually find a comfortable position doing that. And I usually tell them tough love, you know, I'm like, I'd much <laughs> rather your child have, you know, something wrong with their foot or their leg, as opposed to something wrong with their head or their spinal column. And so, yeah,
0: um,
1: they, they kind of get it, you know, once I put it into perspective of of that, you know, which, which type of injury would you prefer if you had to choose? Yeah, um, but yes, a, a lot of people try to transition into forward facing way too soon for the simple fact of the child's legs being up against the seat
0: yeah yeah I think there are a lot of misconceptions or just general thought that parents have of looking at their children and thinking they're uncomfortable without realizing Mm -hmm. that like you know children go children are extremely flexible they have basically a completely different bone structure than we do as adults and so for something for them um, that may be uncomfortable like if we think of being like cramped up in a little tight space we might get uncomfortable at that thought but children have you know they grew in the womb for nine months so like (laughs) uh, they're not strangers when it comes to being in cramped small spaces and often it's really it's actually really comfortable for them I've actually had you know a lot of feedback from parents who turn their children forward facing and say oh my kid actually is now complaining all the time that their feet are dangling and it's really uncomfortable um and Mm -hmm. they preferred rear facing when their feet were kind of you know what we perceive as cramped. Um, And I'm like, yeah, it's true. Uh, Again, we just have these kind of notions as parents um, or as caregivers that um, aren't necessarily always true. And at the end of the day, when you're making these types of decisions, you definitely want to go with the safest and the best thing, which is rear facing as long as possible until you're maxing out the weight or the height limit on the seat. Um, So yeah, that's a great, great um, thing to bring up. So I appreciate that. I think we're going to just touch really quickly on installing and using car seats properly, which we've mentioned throughout. So I don't think there's anything super specific, um, but mostly like when you're helping educate a parent, showing them how to install a car seat, are there any like tips that you say every single time or um, tips that you find really help parents making sure they're getting that car seat correct?
1: Um, I really reiterate that one inch of movement rule when we're talking about how tight the seat or the car seat should be installed, Um, and then really making sure that they are checking that at the belt path as well, because lots of people will head to the the front of the car seat and they're like, but what about this, so um, just reiterating that you know an inch or less of movement I'm pretty OCD and I like no movement, Um, but um, you know, I I'm okay with the one inch because that's what's allowed. But um I say that over and over again. Um, and then making sure that we're using either the the lower anchors or the seat belt, not both, unless you know the car seat yeah. specifies to do so. Um and then a lot of people will say that they can't get it tight enough. And so I go through a lot of education on, you know, how to press on the base of the the car seat or in the mm-hmm. the seat, um, and then pulling at a at a certain angle because a lot of times it's just a the angle that they're doing incorrectly mm-hmm. that won't allow them to get that tightness that we need. Um, yeah. But other than that, um, it's really just dependent on who I'm talking to. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, I think those are great tips. And I, I'm i really glad you brought up the um, latch system or the seat belt because that is something we haven't mentioned yet. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, most car seats tell you to install with just the latch or just the seatbelt, not both. And so that is a really important distinction. There are like two or three car seats on the market that do allow you to install with both. So again, consult your car seat manual mm-hmm. if you have questions about that. <laughs> but when in doubt, all car seats can be installed with just one. You don't need both. Um, They're all tested using just one mechanism of installation. And so I think that um, is really important because I do um, have seen that quite frequently, parents coming in with them both installed Mm -hmm. and that, you know, we don't know how that could affect the car seat because the car seat has not been tested using both of those installation methods together. Um, So that's why Mm -hmm. we pick one or the other. Um, And the last thing I'll mention is just when you're putting your child on a car seat, I think a lot of parents, and I'm actually sure you see this more than I do, um, but I have talked with a lot of parents who are like, I went to the hospital, I brought my car seat, and I thought they were going to, like, put my child in and show me the perfect way to buckle them in, but they didn't, and so now I'm leaving the hospital with this newborn and I don't know if it's right or wrong, and I'm terrified. Um, So what are, like, when we're helping put a child of any age in a car seat, what are the things we're looking at?
1: Um, Most importantly, we're looking at that harness. Is that harness too loose? Um, Because that's probably the number one thing I see when people are um, tightening in their newborn, because they're so terrified (laughs) of, of hurting them and squeezing them. And so, um, making sure that that harness is tight enough. And so doing your pinch test, and if you don't know what that means, that's just taking your your thumb and your index finger and going across the top of that child's shoulder on that harness. And if you can pinch any fabric between your fingers, you need to tighten that harness up a little bit. Um, the other thing is making sure that that retainer clip or their chest clip um, is at the child's armpit level. A lot of times mm-hmm. I'll see that way, like all the way down at the, the other <laughs> buckle almost. Um, And then making sure that the harness is also at the right level. Um, I've seen lots of parents putting their child in the car seat and the harness is going like way up by the kid's, you know, forehead or something. So making sure that the harness is just right at the shoulders um, for either forward facing and rear facing. Or if you are rear-facing, that harness needs to go just below, if not right at, and then forward-facing is the opposite, and that confuses a lot of people, but yeah. forward-facing is right at the shoulders or just above, Definitely. and that is the difference in how the child um, remains in the seat during that car crash. So um, that rear-facing with it being just at the shoulders or just below that's going to help the child ride down that crash and stay cuddled in that seat. Um, and then when they're forward facing, we want to add the shoulders or just above because we want their body to kind of ride the crash in an upward position as opposed to being projected forward in that car mm-hmm. accident.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That is such a perfect excellent explanation. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think we touched on everything, I had on my list. Um, so, I, my final things I wanted to mention were just if you're looking for assistance, um, I will have in the show notes how to reach out to me, how to reach out to Adrian. Um, as we already mentioned, you can always go to safekids.org. You can click on the find a CPST in your area, search for that. You can go to the Car Seats for the Littles page on Facebook and get help from a CPST there. Um, If you're on Instagram, safe in the seat is a great, really easy to find resource that has so much information about car seats there. Um, And Adrienne, do you wanna mention you have an Instagram page too?
1: Yeah, I do. My Instagram page is uh, safe to ride, but it's uh, safe underscore the number two underscore ride. Um, And I'm on Facebook as just safe number two ride altogether. You can find me there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adrian, for your time and coming on. And um, I am sure lots of listeners will just be like, oh, my gosh, all these questions I had about car seat were just answered. So I really <laughs> appreciate your help in talking about car seats.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad you had me on. I appreciate it. And I had fun. Yes. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Baby Gear Unwrapped. I hope you enjoyed our exploration of all things baby gear. If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing to the podcast, rating it, and leaving a review. That way, you won't miss any of our future episodes, and we can share the incredible info with more people around the world. For even more Baby Gear tips, behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, and engaging discussions, be sure to follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Baby Gear Unwrapped Podcast, where our community of parents and gear enthusiasts is growing every day. For quick, informative snippets and some fun baby gear insights, catch us on TikTok at The Baby Gear Consultant. We're here to make your parenting journey easier, and we love connecting with our listeners. Remember, you can always visit our website, thebabygearconsultant.com, for additional resources, show notes, and more. Thanks for choosing Baby Gear Unwrapped as your trusted source for baby gear wisdom. Until next time, happy parenting, and may your gear choices always be spot on.